Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott here alongside Cam Moon, 134 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. They have 15 Edmonton area locations, four in Calgary, and one in Red Deer. Go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza is still making it great. Getting an update here shortly on the U of A Golden Bears from head coach Ian Herbers. They are in action against the U of S Huskies Tonight at the Claire Drake, tomorrow as well. And I'm telling you, if you haven't caught a game at the Claire Drake, it is as vibrant a hockey atmosphere as you're going to find in the city. It's electric. It is. They've got beer towers going. They've got... The pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid. Yes, the pyramid. And when the Bears win, the the players all skate down to the end where the pyramids are and, and knock them down. Yeah. It's a wonderful little tradition. It's fun. It's a cheap ticket. If you're into it, the beer's cheap. It's just a a good spot all around. So, uh, again, Saskatchewan in town tonight. Let's check the Canada West standings. Saskatchewan 12-10 and on the year. They're sitting a couple spots behind third-place Golden Bears who really are not necessarily dominating like we've come to expect at this juncture. 15-7. and They, They dropped a weekend set, losing both games to Calgary. That doesn't happen very often, you know. It's, it's been a different year. I watched the one game against Mount Royal. I don't know if that's a two weeks ago now. I think it is. I think it was two weeks ago. And, and full credit to Mount Royal Cougars. They came in, played well. It was 5 nothing at one point in that game for Mount Royal. And I would, I would love to know the stats the last time the Bears were down 5 nothing at home. Bears battle all the way back to tie it. It goes to... Double overtime. They go four on four for five minutes, three on three for five minutes. It went to a shootout. Mount Royal eventually won in the shootout. But the electricity in the building when the Bears tied it up at five uh, was unbelievable. Incredibly loud. Uh, lots of fun. It was it was a very good game. Very entertaining. Uh, at five nothing, I wasn't saying that, but uh, <laughs> as they continued to make the comeback, they got two before the end of the first. Uh, they got two more in the second, and then one in the third to tie it. Uh, it certainly uh, it ramped up the drama. The uh, there was a lot of students at the game. They made a lot of noise. They got the the chants going, the the songs, the you name it. It's yeah, it's it, it was it was a good good. A very good game, very uh, fun atmosphere. I think, who else have I seen them play this year? Uh, UBC, UBC's got a decent club. Uh, I don't think I've seen the Dinos yet. I know UFC's playing very well this year. Best team in the country right now in the top 10 rankings. It is the Calgary Dinos sitting atop as of this week. Uh, The UQTR, it's Quebec Trois-Rivières, who I believe won it or at least bounced the Bears last year out of that tournament. I'd have to double-check That was in the final. 
That wasn't the final. That was the uh, multiple overtimes. There you go. Yeah. So uh, they're 16 and three, right back up at the top. UNB, a perennial powerhouse, yeah. sits third, and then you've got Mount Royal, who's knocked off the Bears a couple of times, sitting in fourth before the Bears at fifth. So there you go. Five, uh, 15, five and two is the overall record for U of A so far. It's a about a seven o'clock puck drop tonight between them and uh, Saskatchewan Huskies. Have you seen a bit of a shift? Um, in terms of how these rosters are comprised, like I, I think that typically when I think of the Golden Bears, it's it's guys who aged out of the Western Hockey League yeah. and are now applying the years of school that they get paid for and they'll go play U-sport for another five years. But I'm seeing a lot of Alberta Junior League players making that jump now. Maybe that speaks to the quality of Junior A hockey around here. Um, but I, I wonder what you see about some of the, maybe the roster composition this year versus years past as far as who the Bears have and that sort of thing. I, well, I would say in the in the Bears situation, it, it is still heavily Western Hockey League graduates. I, I look at their their top scores and, and I see all WHL players. They're going to go way down before I don't. Um, but there are, you know, other teams in the league that are you're seeing more some junior A players getting in there and and becoming uh, part of those teams, but like in the Bears case and uh, you know the top clubs, they have players that that played in the WHL for multiple years and weren't just role players. I mean top players like I look at Jake and Smallwood that uh, plays with the Bears, Josh Prokop, mm-hmm. you know, Eric Florchuk, uh, Matt Fontaine, Tyler Prezuzo, all all part of their you know, top scoring forwards, uh, Dawson Davidson, uh, Wyatt McLeod, Dylan Plouffe on the back end, and Jarek Frederick for that matter, that all put up pretty good numbers in the WHL uh, in their, you know, certainly in their, their 19 and 20 year old seasons. So, yeah, that's. Uh, that, that's usually the recipe. So here's what I like to see, though, as somebody who worked for a little bit in, in yep. the, the Alberta Junior League. I see uh, Bruce McGregor, who played in Spruce Grove, and actually he played all over in the AJ, but with Sherwood Park as well. Uh, I see, um, I know he's only played in one game, but Tanner Finkerrick out of Callahoo, yep. he's another former Sherwood Park Crusader. I look at Daniil Ladigan, who was originally heading to uh, Alabama, Birming- Birmingham, or something along those lines. Uh, and, and that hockey program folded and all of a sudden he kind of gets scooped up into things so um opportunities yes uh, i would suggest that and then of course you know the bulk of it made up of your joel sexsmiths and the names that you laid out but yep. Jaden platz another one a big six four 220 pound defenseman he played uh, between tri-city and the sherwood park crusaders for a while a little bit older than some of these other guys now but yeah it's uh it's an interesting interesting thing to follow and i'm just so accustomed to the golden bears basically dominating ever losing once or twice a year and then heading off to nationals that when you see them with a 15 5 and 2 record it's like okay some parody has found its way up to the canada west hockey division it has and that's let's be honest that's good for the league i mean I love to go watch the Bears play and watch the Bears win, but it's good if you have uh, some parity and a little bit of uh, balance within the league, and we're seeing that more this season than ever. Um, yeah, and I, I last game I went to, uh, I got to see Matt Berlin play in goal. Yeah, and uh, you know he played in the WHL, but he also played in Sherwood Park. I know he did his last year. He played really well. 
I, w- I was really happy for him. I thought he was solid. Uh, he had come on in relief in that game, in, in the game where they were down 5 nothing. Uh, and he was, he was, uh, he gave them a chance. He gave them an opportunity to, to get that thing to overtime. And they had chances in the overtime. Both teams did, but both goaltenders played well. Berlin has been dressed as the emergency yeah. backup, the e-bug at Rogers Place a couple of times. I bumped into him there. It's good stuff. He actually, I think he ended up with a Colorado Avalanche jersey when uh, somebody got hurt on the That's bench right. when a puck deflected up and, and hit the, the Avalanche backup. So there you go. Uh, looks like we're striking out, I think, on Ian Herbers today. So uh, there's our musings. Uh, game time, 7 o'clock tonight at the Claire Drake seven o'clock tomorrow maybe we should confirm that before we just throw it out there but uh it is the saskatchewan huskies in town i know that much for 100 percent sure there's our sales pitch go find yourself a ticket it is the uh the best hockey in town that you can find in the most intimate atmosphere if you want those two things combined i would highly highly recommend it um 780-496-0063 that's the number to text now we've got some time to take your phone calls as well Oilers are riding a four, or no, four, no, five game winning streak, and they've got some more teams that they're set to feast on here. Uh, we'll catch up on some ads, and we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's a dance party Friday, but I guess you can shimmy nonetheless. Um... Let's head up the Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And the good news is this isn't anywhere near as extensive as it has been. We've got Kyler Yamamoto, excuse me, sidelined week to week with an upper body injury. And uh, week to week as well is uh, Ryan Murray, who has a back injury that uh, I don't know that... I mean, it's a nice way to keep some salary off the books and and make everything fit dollars and cents wise. But for the sake of these players, it's not necessarily the best thing to hear week to week versus day to day. Um, This is not how I think the team wanted to fit Evander Kane into the lineup uh, at the uh, expense, if you will, of Kyler Yamamoto, but also... To me, Kyler has some more healing to do. He hasn't quite looked like himself since he got blown apart by Gabriel Landeskog on the blind side in that playoff series. Yeah, and it, you'd like him in your lineup. You just, you would. He uh, he wins battles. It's Players awesome. like playing with him. Like he would, he would be an asset for you to to have him in there. Unfortunately, he's not. Although it, it does make things work for the dollars for now, anyway. At some point uh, when he gets healthy, that'll have to be uh, dealt with. But, yeah, you'd like to have him back. Otherwise, on the injury front, uh, really, it's just D- David... No, not David. Vinny DeHarnay had his nose broken three times. or <laughs> Sorry, broken once and reset three times to get it right in that Vegas game. And he still, after those three resets, went out and challenged Keegan Colsar to a fight. So just in case you were uncertain about the team toughness level, suddenly... It's like somebody waved a magic wand and poof, now there's like four guys that nobody should want to mess with all playing for the Oilers right now. So it's worked out. And uh, obviously, again, I say the understated acquisition of Clean Cost, and nobody knew he was going to be as relevant 
as he is now when that trade was made. But you have to tip your cap to Ken Holland and say that was worth taking a swing on. That was a, a subtle little move. And at the time, you were thinking, well, you know, here's a guy that has fallen out of favor in St. Louis for uh, a player in uh, Dmitry Samarukov that is, you know, at the American League level, you don't know, is is he going to be an NHL or in the anytime soon? You don't, Who knows? And you make that switch, and I honestly, myself, I didn't expect a lot out of it. We saw Costin play against the Oilers at least once last year, uh, and he goes down to Bakersfield. He plays hard. He comes up here, gets an opportunity, makes the most of it. That's the thing. That's that's how it goes in pro hockey. At some point, you hope that you work hard enough and have enough talent that you'll get a chance. And when you get that chance, you've got to make the most of it. Usually that window is depending on the hype <laughs> that you've got along the way. Uh, that is how big the window is for you. If you've had a lot of hype and you're, you've, uh, you've earned that through your play in junior or college, then your window will be a little larger. If you didn't, then the window's a little smaller. For, for clean cost, and that window would have been large as a first-round pick, but that, that window was, was eaten up in St. Louis. And now coming to your second team, that, that window isn't as great. So when you get that chance, you have to make the most of it. And he did. And he's, he's carved out his own existence on the team and certainly on the line with Nugent Hopkins and Janmark. That has been a, a very effective line. And his role as a guy that can play a physical style but can also just shoot it in the net has has you know given him opportunity it's given him a chance it's given him that spot and and the way he's played has endeared him to Oiler fans. Do you have your broadcast book right there? Do you have no. last night's lines? <laughs> well, they were moving around a they lot. Were. And this is the problem with uh, with trying to guess for the game day line and report for our friends yeah. at McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for your financial future. For a free financial consultation, visit McGuireFinancial.ca. So essentially... Essentially, I, I can do the defense well, for you. <laughs> sure. Well, Derek Ryan played on every line almost last night. Exactly. So, <laughs> so the way that I have this written down, I I know that I've messed this up because I have Yanmark and Pulleyarvi in here. Yeah. And Fogel. So somewhere I've got 11 forwards, but we've got to figure out who's missing. What I will tell you for certain, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry, and then it's Broberg, Bouchard, and DeHarnay all sort of rotating through. There's your seven defensemen, and why would you change that the way that it's gone? Your forward groupings, okay? See if you can catch this. I've got McDavid with Hyman and Ryan. I've got Dreisaitl with uh, Pugliarvi and Ryan McLeod. I've got the line we all love, which is Nugent Hopkins, Costin, and uh, Matthias Janmark. And then I have Kane, and I have Warren Fogle. Am I missing somebody? Well, I was... Um trying to follow along but yeah. I, I got lost yeah fair enough yeah anyway um tough to do it when it's not actually a game day because we haven't had the game day skate but if i'm coaching this team and i'm seeing the way that it's rolling with 11 and 7 and there's five consecutive wins to prove that this is why you're you know why you've done it then why are you changing anything yeah i you're wouldn't not. expect that you're not yeah. so there you go 
the only change could be if if Jan Mark is healthy to play he would I would think he would draw in and somebody was asking earlier what the deal with that was he had a, a non-covid illness That's right. and yes we still make that designation that distinction a non-covid illness that knocked him out of that game last night and Paul Yarvey was uh, was not being uh, showcased perhaps or uh, as somebody else has suggested but uh, yeah Dylan Holloway thank you that's exactly who I was missing so uh, so who comes out now is it Paul Yarvey once again Probably, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. Thank, thank it, you for that. The texture. No. Yes. Thank you, texture. <laughs> yeah. But last last night, from the start of the first period to the end of the third, we saw almost every line combination possible. And they needed to because yeah. they were flat five on five. That they were playing McDavid. Uh, I think it was McDavid, Drysaddle, and and Kane, the, like the real nuclear option. And even that didn't seem to have anything going. That's right. And then Nugent Hopkins was moving around for, and Derek Ryan was having a, a good night. And and Jay Woodcroft always says that we have to use our eyes. And what he yeah. means by that is when a guy's having a good night, you you got to now lean on him and and get him more ice. And that was the case with Derek Ryan yesterday. So he played with a lot of different players over the course of the evening and deserved it because he was he was going. Yeah, he was. And we hearing him talk last game, after the game, I don't know that he necessarily loves playing as part of the 11-7, and seven, but it certainly seems there's buy-in. I mean, there obviously is. The forwards should all theoretically be getting a bit of an uptick in ice time, so I don't know why that would be as much of an issue excuse me an issue other than the fact that you're not playing with the same guys so you've got to really I guess the chemistry might be a little bit off in that well, sense yeah I'm the the nice thing with the 11 and 7 from the forwards point of view or from the coach's point of view what you can do with the forwards that if if they stay the same like you keep your three lines the same and if you have two wingers on what is you know you call the fourth line you can rotate those centers through so you can rotate whether that be Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, or Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And those guys are, are going to get more ice as a result. And further to that, and Jay has said it many times, and I totally understand what he's saying, from the defense point of view, you've got that extra defenseman. So if somebody's not having a good night, you can, uh, you can I guess, cut back their ice time and go with the six or, or maybe even the five defensemen you really like that are that are rolling when you only have six dressed that's a little tougher to have that option so i i see the i see the allure to it for sure uh i but i don't know that you'd want to do that all the time as um yeah it might be sometimes, might be a little difficult it, sometimes the the shuffle up the change up is what they're responding to i think yeah let's wrap it up with this day in oilers history it's brought to you by new west travel travel to california this april to see the oilers play the kings and the ducks call new west travel or visit newwesttravel.com we'll swing it back to 1982 the oilers set a team record for the fastest four goals in in team history a of one minute and 41 seconds. Tom Rolston, uh, Dave Lumley, Wayne Gretzky, and Glenn Anderson all scoring as the Oilers beat the St. Louis Blues 
8-6. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight, 6-8. to eight. On 6.30, Chad, you'll hear from Sportsnet analyst Luke Gadzik as well as host of the Sakaris and Price podcast in Vancouver, Matt Sakaris. Appreciate everybody who texted in today and, of course, my co-pilot Cam Moon. Thanks for jumping aboard, Mooner. It's been a blast. We'll uh, we'll get you live tomorrow. Canucks and Oilers at Rogers Arena. It's an 8 p.m. puck drop. Right now, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.